Welcome to the Cover Crop Strategies podcast. I'm Sarah Hill, Associate Editor. Today's program is brought to you by Yetter Manufacturing. I'd like to take a moment to thank Yetter Manufacturing for sponsoring today's episode. With the tradition of providing farmer solutions since 1930, Yetter Manufacturing Company is your answer for tools and equipment to face today's production agriculture demands. For many different designs of planter attachments for the different planting conditions you face, to several options of equipment for placing fertilizer and products to meet harvest time challenges, Yetter delivers the return on investment and tools to meet your equipment needs and maximize inputs. Find solutions to your challenges today at yetterco.com. That's Y-E-T-T-E-R-C-O.com. Today, I'd like to introduce Austin Carlson, soil health technician with the South Dakota Soil Health Coalition. Austin will be talking about interseeding in today's second of a two-part series on cover crop seeding and now interseeding. Welcome to the podcast again, Austin. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sarah. All right. Well, for those of our listeners who maybe didn't catch the first part of this series, um, would you introduce yourself again to our listening audience? My name is Austin, and I work at the South Dakota Soil Health Coalition, and I've been working here for two years, and uh, we like to provide information for uh, farmers and landowners, uh, anybody who is interested in soil health and uh, improving our natural resources. So I'm a resource for Southeast South Dakota and work with farmers one-on-one, and usually we host field tours and in-person events, uh, but this year we're taking a virtual route. Like so many other organizations during this pandemic, you're not the only ones, and, and we still appreciate you providing information despite uh, the challenges that public health concerns can certainly bring about. So right. um, talking about interceding for today, It seems like a lot of growers are maybe intimidated by the idea of interseeding into a growing crop. So why should growers not be worried about planting covers into a growing cash crop? Yeah, and I I might touch on it a little bit uh, differently here in that, you know, there there is some concern with, uh, it's a big step going out and um, seeding different plants in with your cash crop. But the biggest thing I like to uh, recommend before uh, doing this practice is to just start small by uh, just doing a little bit each year. Uh, the producer gets more comfortable with the practice and they can learn valuable methods and, and ways to improve this type of inner seeding. I've talked to quite a few producers who have jumped with both feet in and and they've uh, seeded whole fields, uh, either interseeding on narrow corn rows or even like 60 inch corn, the wide rows. And sometimes it hasn't worked out as, as well as they hoped. So a lot of those producers recommend just starting small. And then um, there's a couple different ways you could seed the cover crop in with uh, we'll say corn, but uh, really any cash crop. And that might be uh, early in the season or late in the season, such as when the plant is drying down and more sunlight is contacting the ground. Uh, so usually earlier in the season, interseeding applications is 
kind of where people get most nervous uh, just because they're not used to seeing a, an actual second crop uh, growing out in the field. Usually the conventional methods are to have a just a completely clean bare field and then your cash crop growing. Okay. How does a grower go about determining what stage the cash crop should be in when they go into the field to interseed cover crops? So this uh, question can vary a little bit too, just on the different crops, but I think most common would be interseeding into corn. So I'll touch on that. The producer is looking to uh, get the maximum growth of cover crop and uh, have maybe diverse cover crops, maybe some warm seasons and some cool seasons. Uh, I would recommend interseeding early in the growing season. So when the corn is approximately the V3 to V6 uh, growth stages. And I would recommend this because uh, anything after the V6, the growing point of the corn is out of the ground. So if you run over any of the corn, it's, it's going to die at that point. So that way you have, a by going a little earlier, you um, minimize that risk of running down corn and killing it. And then also um, that V3 to V6, uh, you have the most sunlight opportunity uh, to get those seedlings, the cover crop seedlings growing right away. Uh, and then if we're thinking like later in the season, I would say hold off until the sunlight reaches uh, 50% down to the ground between the corn rows. Uh, otherwise, if the canopy is just too shaded, those seedlings won't have a very good start. So in that application would be like um, an aerial seeded cover crop application or uh, maybe some really late season top dressing of uh, nitrogen. So then how early in the season can cover crops be planted without affecting the yield potential of the cash crop that's being planted into? So there are two specifically with the corn. Uh, you know, all the textbooks say we kind of want to uh, keep a weed-free uh, field around that V3 to V6 just to uh, not have any competition for the corn. Uh, but a lot of the things I've seen uh, around that V5, V4 to V6 uh, really is, has not been much of an issue for hurting any of the yield. Great. So are there certain cover crop species that work better in an interseeding scenario? Definitely for interseeding, I, I would recommend uh, looking for shade tolerant cover crop species. And some of the, the best uh, tolerances to shade that I've seen uh, would be like crimson clovers, annual rye, radish, flax, uh, things like that seem to do pretty well uh, with minimal sunlight. And, and that would be for the narrow row interseeding applications. Uh, the folks who are trying the wide row corn, like the 60 inch corn or something like that, really they don't have much of a, a shade issue so they can branch out and use other cover crop species. But definitely if, if narrow rows are concerned, use shade tolerant species. What about interseeding a cover crop mix versus a single cover crop species? 
I recommend whether interseeding or uh, just having a cover crop species after a cash crop or even a full season cover crop, uh, I always recommend a mixture. Uh, by having diverse plants out there, you have uh, diverse roots and uh, so different, different root, rooting levels or depths even. Uh, so they can uh, find the moisture and usually uh, just having that diversity helps compete with the cover crops and actually make them grow a little bit better. And every season is different. So if we planted the same uh, cover crop mix or species every single year, uh, you'll see a different result each year. So just by having a mixture, uh, you can hopefully have something that will thrive that season. What might be some of the factors that might cause a different result each year? Just any really environmental conditions can uh, really impact if the cover crop will be a success or not. You know, when we, the last couple of seasons have been uh, ex excess moisture in Southeast South Dakota. And I guess we kind of went into that mindset in 2020 and had some different cover crop uh, plots and even uh, on our own farm and then just helping other farmers. And I guess the summer came along and, and the rain really just shut off. And uh, so the lack of moisture really prohibited us from getting much for cover crop growth in some, in some different uh, scenarios. So moisture can play a factor. Uh, sunlight, again, with the different row spacings. Another thing that is important to think about is or that can impact the cover crop would be even the residue amount on the soil surface. Uh, so if, if the residue isn't spread real evenly across the field, you might have kind of sporadic emergence of the cover crop. It kind of goes along with anything in farming. We like to have uniformity across the field and that all starts harvest through planting and, and through harvest the next year. Just having even residue, uh, you'll probably have a more even cover crop emergence. What might be some of the benefits that interseeding offers compared to some of the cover crop seeding methods that we talked about in uh, part one of this two-part series? I know you mentioned drilling and incorporating uh, into the soil and then also um, aerial seeding as, as potential seeding methods, but how, what might be some benefits that interseeding offers that are different than those other methods? The thing with interseeding that's nice is uh, you have a, a longer period of time for that cover crop uh, to begin growing and continue growing. Uh, when we're seeding a cover crop after a cash crop has, has been harvested in the case of corn and soybeans, you know, we're just not looking at a very long window, window of opportunity for the cover crop to be, to get established. And we need moisture to get it established usually, uh, which is tough in the late summer and, and early fall. And then even, you know, with the frost, you know, in a typical year, uh, we, we'd be cold right now and, and things just aren't growing. So by interseeding, we have a greater period of time uh, with 
you know, favorable conditions with the, um, with temperature. And usually we have a, a, a better window of opportunity to get the cover crop established and then get the benefit from them. A lot of times uh, we like to recommend uh, to get the maximum benefit for a cover crop, we'd like to see a, approximately 45 days of growth for the cover crop. And even longer might be better, you know, 45 to, to 60 days or so. Um, so after corn or soybean harvest, sometimes we don't have 50 days uh, for that cover crop to grow. And then it just might not be as beneficial. The benefits are still going to be there, but uh, you just won't get as much return from your investment of the cover crop if you don't get enough growth. Okay, so based on what you're saying here, can we infer that interseeding might be a good choice for some of those growers who live in more northern climates that have a shorter growing season? Definitely. I, I would say interseeding opens up the opportunity for getting more diversity and, and getting a cover crop established in these northern climates that are growing season just isn't very long. So what about the potential risk of herbicide injury? Is, is that something to be concerned about when interseeding cover crops in a field that maybe the year before was used for a, another cash crop? Yes, uh, herbicide injury is an important uh, thing to look at when you're planning your cover crop. And it, and it can be kind of tough for uh, farmers to, to be thinking that far ahead in advance for their cover crop. So I would recommend um, to just plan ahead and uh, look, there's a lot of good information from a lot of the local universities. Uh, I know South Dakota State University just put out uh, a really good publication talking about uh, different herbicides and their impact with a lot of common cover crop uh, species. And so if you know you are going to plant a cover crop or would like to, try to select herbicides that, that won't, um, I guess, kill your cover crop in the future. So usually we like to recommend um, look backwards 18 months before you plant your cover crop just to make sure that you don't have a herbicide carryover issue uh, just because I'd be really unfortunate to spend the time and money planting that cover crop and then to have it be injured with herbicides. Uh, but the number one thing I want to be clear with is uh, don't sacrifice weed control to have a good cover crop. I've seen that too many times where they maybe held off with the herbicide and they had a good cover crop, but they had a real flush of weeds and now they're going to fight those weed seeds for many years. So definitely take control of the weeds first and then uh, plan for the cover crop in the future. Is there anything else uh, that you'd like to share about interseeding before we wrap up here? Uh, definitely start small with interseeding. I, like I said before, I've seen people do um, you know large fields with it and then become disappointed. So if you can just start small and, and practice with it and uh, make the changes as you see fit, uh, you'll probably have a lot more success with it in the future. And I, and I have seen some very good successes with NSC. So it can be done 
And if you have more questions, feel free to reach out to the South Dakota Soil Health Coalition. Uh, that's, that's my job is to help people implement these practices and be successful with it. And we have a staff of eight people that can help with that. And, and that's what we like to do. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for sharing that great information about interceding today, Austin. Uh, thanks so much to our listeners for tuning in. For more information about all things cover crops, visit us online at covercropstrategies.com.